Hello everyone, Jeremy here with Nick, and today we are going to be discussing how do you create a character as a new player in D&D. Hello, everyone. Grab your DM notebooks and your character sheets. This is a segment of Under the Table, where we talk about D&D. Not, not like, actually play it. We, we just talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, well, let's not limit ourselves. Let's not limit ourselves to just D&D either, because this definitely could go other places. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This could, this could branch off into other, like, tabletop games. Or, like things in general who knows step right up folks and spin the wheel of whimsy what subject will we be talking about today um but today we actually are going to be talking about D. (laughs) yep um particularly we're gonna start off essentially with how to build your character um and at the beginning we're gonna talk about like kind of advice for new players uh well before i get too much into that i should you know actually introduce myself and my friend here uh i'm jeremy i am the dm for fate's gambit on table quests so you've if you've listened to table quests before you you probably already at least know my voice somewhat and with me, I have Nick. Nick, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? I mean, I voice Isaiah. I, it's the same voice, just without an accent. I, yes. I also DM'd a side quest segment. So, yeah. So we're both the only we're the only two people with legitimate DM experience in the table quest group. Am I right? Uh, not quite. Uh, Nate has DM'd a campaign before. But was it an actual, like, long-running thing, or was this just, like, he DM'd um, three sessions and then was done? No, no, no. So, he's d- he did it, like, all throughout high school, and he had a campaign running throughout high school. Oh. It's just in college, it was a lot of, like, starting and stopping among my friend group. So, well, okay. he actually does have DM experience. Well, why hasn't he stepped forward to DM yet? <laughs> He's like the last one to show any initiative on this. It be- <laughs> wow, we're just getting straight into roasting Nate. <laughs> it really is. Well, I'm just like, Jake has already done a little bit for our group in private. You know, I mean, he didn't record Tomb of Annihilation, but he, he did do yeah, that. Yeah. And Josh um, is volunteering to run another one shot real soon. See the the thing the thing you have to understand about Nate when he DMs is that he loves to get lost in the weeds. So he will create like a whole freaking world and uh like he's great at it. It's just well, if he's not running like a a pre what like a an actual campaign book adventure from Watsy. Um he which stands for wizards of the coast for the uninitiated i mean you, we, this is 
this this is just going to be an aside like this isn't actually going to go in the main thing because like if we're starting off with how to create your character and then jumping into a rant about how nate's not like hasn't dm'd <laughs> i mean we can our, redirect our here i just i just wondered be, like if we could make that <laughs> statement that we're the true dms of the group but if nate has such extensive experience then yeah we can trim yeah that. yeah no no so yeah we we can't claim that we we too are the only like i'll say like dms of long-running campaigns to to put qualifiers in front of our title but we are the two that have done long-running campaigns for this group sure that's beside the point i mean i have also dm'd a lot outside this group as well uh table quests is all i've got sort of I have another thing that I'm trying to get started, but that's uh, not going great. People keep canceling. <laughs> Anyways. So with any campaign, you have to start at the beginning. And what's, what's at the beginning? Well, the, the, ignore the plot hook. We're, we're looking at it from the player's side first. Um, you have to create a character. Now, if you haven't done this before... This can be kind of a daunting task. What is D&D? How do you play? There's a, there's a, well, there's a rule book for that, but. Um. A very long, intimidating rule book with lots more numbers than you expected. Yeah. I actually, yeah, the you only bring up an interesting point, the fact your... that there is a rule book right in chapter one. As soon as you open the book, um, they have a six step program for creating a character. So you got, um, and I thought those steps, you know, maybe going through them, critiquing yeah. them, giving them, you know, rearranging yeah, yeah. them as necessary might be some good structure. I, I, you have done more research than I have on this topic, and I'm the one that suggested it. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's usually why you bring the guests on the show, right? That's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the six steps as outlined by wizards in the player's handbook. Yep. Step one, choose a race. Step two, choose a class. Step three, determine ability scores. Step yep. four, describe your character. Step five, choose your equipment. And step six, come together as a party. Okay, right off the bat, I uh, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> How so? I think you should choose your class before you choose your race. Mm. Interesting. That's not where I thought you were going to rearrange stuff here. Yeah, it's it's there. I at, at least as a beginner, um, I feel like what what you what, what you do is more important than who you are at the beginning, mm. um, because what you do is fairly it's easier to grasp at first mm -hmm. you roll dice you see if you deal damage you deal damage or you cast spells or something along those lines those those concepts are not too foreign to most people that have come from like other forms of media mm -hmm. um whether that's video games or um like even fantasy like reading fantasy novels like the first thing you kind of think of when you think of a character is like particularly if it's fantasy based 
is what that character's like what makes them special and um to at least to me when you're creating a character uh what they do is more i don't know it's it's more impactful on the entire game mm-hmm. uh because it can help you decide who they are after the fact right and there's also the sense that um what you pick and what you do determines your growth and what you do in levels much further down the road you know um if you pick fighter um you have consigned yourself to being the weapon wielder guy and you get a lot of skills related to weapons yeah Um, so as long as you're cool with a lot of flavor coming from magical items then fighter's pretty cool but if you're really into the arcane and stuff then you're gonna want to pick a caster class yeah because otherwise further you know there there are subclasses certainly so if you can you can kind of branch out depending on how the game goes but you have mostly consigned yourself to a role once you pick the class right yeah so i i I guess that's that's my first thing um Mm -hmm. so what was the the steps were created created so like pick a race, choose a race pick a class pick a class assign your ability scores describe your character choose your equipment and then come together okay so come together is basically their way of just saying have a session zero i would guess right yeah talk with your party that sort of thing mm-hmm. communicate okay. with other players yeah um and that's that's interesting that they put that last you know like it's okay so, to not coordinate with your party on like we need a caster and we need a support and we need a tank. You know, it's okay yeah. to just pick what you want to play. I think, I think when you're starting out, it depends on the DM. But I feel that you can let your party basically do whatever mm-hmm. if they're new because you. I, you're not going to be or at least a good dm shouldn't be super hardcore super hard right away unless that new player is like looking forward to that Mm -hmm. i mean that is that is an element of character creation is talking with your dm and understanding what the context of the campaign is right but even then like i think there should be there definitely should be a little bit of discussion um, but I feel like that that should be wrapped up in like when the DM pitches his campaign to the players like, hey, do you want to join my campaign? It's about X, Y and Z. That's like something that should have already been stated, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, from there, as long as the hook interests them and like they want to try out D&D, then um, I don't think that coordinating with your party is not really that big of a deal. I'd probably say that's more important for more veteran players with a DM who kind of expects more veteran players that wants to like throw them some challenges and stuff like that. Mm. Not saying you can't challenge new players. It's just you'll need to ease them into it. So that challenge won't come until later. That's also kind of outside the scope of the player. You know, that's the DM's role and kind of outside the scope of character creation. Right. Um, 
just a quick aside, actually, a question I meant to ask right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, because you said that we wanted to kind of talk about beginners and introducing yes. people to D and D. Yeah. But Five E has kind of made this whole Dungeons and Dragons thing really accessible. Um, and it's kind of yeah. it's quickly becoming like video games. It's quickly spread into the mainstream and a lot of people yeah. have picked it up. So yep. um, do you really think that there are a lot of beginners out there? Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, there are I mean, there are plenty of people that I've watched. They might have watched or listened to various D&D shows critical role etc um i mean you know who knows our show shameless plug but i still feel like there are enough um enough people that want to like jump in and they're just not sure how to do that especially because it's more prominent there are enough people who are kind of fans of the movement but haven't picked up a rule book yet right yeah I, I think they've been exposed to it, which might get them kind of in the door, but mm-hmm. they haven't actually like picked up the actual book because or because, you know, it's mm-hmm. just either they haven't found the opportunity yet um, because D- DMs are the unsung heroes of D&D <laughs> and there aren't enough of them. There aren't enough of them. But that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, yeah. But I I do believe there are new players that are kind of coming in and going like, how do we, what do we, what do we do? Mm-hmm. How do we do this? How, okay. how do I be like the people on Critical Role? Which you or, shouldn't do. No, you shouldn't. Those are professional it's, entertainers. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why there's a thing called the Matt Mercer effect. <laughs> Oh, really? Describe the Matt Mercer effect or define it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt Mercer is the uh, so for people that don't know. um, What hole have you been living if you do not know who Matt Mercer is? I mean, to be fair, I I I did not know who he was until college. (laughs) Matt Mercer is the DM for Critical Role. He is a fairly, I, I'll say, very successful voice actor. If you've listened to anything even remotely, like on the nerdy side, he's probably you've heard him probably. But anyways, so he's really good, and I'd say he was on. He was one of the people that was in the forefront of the Dungeons and Dragons popularity movement that kind of showed like there's there's something more to this that um there, there's something more to this than just geeks hiding in their basement you can make it entertaining it like this is actually fun it's not just a bunch of people in their basements writing down numbers on a piece of paper and imagining you know sword fights in their head although that's still accurate it's just they do it in an entertaining way uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and so because he's very good at what he does and because he's a very prominent, a bunch of people, I'll say, kind of looked at that, got interested in D&D because of him. And then they 
it kind of put that expectations on either their DM or themselves that they need to be like Matt Mercer. They need to be as good as Matt Mercer. They need to do things like Matt Mercer. And so this created what's known as the Matt Mercer effect, where you basically hold everything up to that standard. And if it's not like him, it's somehow wrong, which, uh, why are we talking about this? Well, we got into that just because we we just were trying oh, to right. say to new players, don't right, right. So new players raise your standards that high. Those are professional yeah. entertainers who right. have designed this show to be something that they show off to others. Your personal right. game is going to have a lot of moments where you sidetrack. It's going to have a lot of moments that aren't like super hilarious or uh awesome you know full right daring I mean, stunts and hijinks and stuff you yeah. are going to have moments where you guys have to manage your inventories and shop right. and sleep right um so they 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 structure their game in a way that's more entertainment based mm-hmm. um like they're they're playing to an audience first and foremost um and so beca- when you do that I, I mean, I'm I'm speaking from oh, I haven't watched that much Critical Role. I've probably seen the first couple episodes. But when you're doing that, you try to minimize on some of the other aspects of D&D that don't look good kind of quote unquote on camera, mm-hmm. which is honestly what we try to do with table quests, or at least <laughs> I try and do. We We try. Yeah. Thanks, Josh, um, for editing out some of the worst yeah. of it. Yes. And then throwing it into the bloopers because. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All this. Um, I was just I really intended for this to be more of a prelude, just saying, hey, when you come into this, just come yeah. into it to have fun. Right. Don't look so, to be super entertaining. Right. Right. So first off, basically set you have realistic expectations Mm -hmm. you're coming into something new this is a skill it's it's basically improv acting uh Mm -hmm. it's just you have some guidance yeah um and playing a character is certainly something we can talk about i would love to have that discussion with you sometime uh, as a theater major as somebody who's gone through acting courses and directing and playwriting yeah yeah i'd love i'd definitely be interested in 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 hearing that because as a cybersecurity engineer, I certainly uh, don't have that background. So <laughs> that is one area where I will say I'm more qualified than you. This we are on equal footing here. Let's be honest. But yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is one area where I certainly have some things to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I will still tell you that you're wrong because <laughs> I... <laughs> which is fair because everything is subjective right all art is Um, derivative nothing is real right so starting starting from the beginning kind of like how how do you set your expectations Mm -hmm. you're starting you're trying to learn a new skill it's going to be it's going to be fun i i want to i want to preface that it's fun to try and get better at being a character in a game Mm -hmm. um it's fun learning how to play a game. Like it's it's it. I I I mentioned it's like improv acting, but it's a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not having fun, then maybe D and D isn't for you. <laughs> um, 
Actually, or that maybe it's a bad DM. A but I, um, <laughs> when you mentioned that you would put class in front of race, yeah, uh, in those steps, I actually have yeah. another one I would put before both of them. Um, okay, I would actually take describe your character, which they make step four, and I would put that at step one. Interesting. The reason being that it can be difficult to pick a class and race if you don't know the feel of the character you're going for. And the same thing goes for ability scores. One thing that I usually do is pick a literary series or a movie or video game, some piece of entertainment that I've been really into lately. And I'll take bits and pieces of what most entertains me there and try to fit it into a character. So you'd, you'd approach this more from a role play first perspective. Exactly. Yes. Interesting. I'm not sure I agree with that for new players. Okay. Um, because when you're just starting out, I think it's important to um, understand kind of the fundamentals of the game. Um, and kind of leave your character more as a blank slate. You can have kind of a little bit of an inkling of a backstory or something like that. Um, like, you can have an image in your head. Like, once you decide on a class, mm-hmm. I think I think that's... I honestly believe that is the, the most important thing. Like, do what do you want to do in this game? Because that dictates... That can dictate a lot about your character, and you can then take that and play into certain stereotypes or change them up if you want to once you've picked that class as a beginner. Mm -hmm. Which is a fair point, because you've said before that one of your uh, favorite character development techniques is to take a trope and flip it. Yeah, so kind of using a personal example, my first character was a ranger. Because I thought running around hunting stuff with a bow was really cool. That was 3.5. Uh, so things are different now uh, in 5e. But the, the reason I picked him and originally was because, you know, I wanted to be the bow guy. I wanted, I did like, I don't know. I don't know if I had seen the Avengers at that point in college. But like, you know, and like Hawkeye's cool. <laughs> and so from there i like i picked a class and ran with it and um picked his abilities off of what i thought like the the cool mo- cool things i could do and then started to flesh out the character beyond that because like y- you you have that base of if all else fails i can still do cool stuff in the game because I have these abilities. Mm-hmm. Whereas the roleplay aspect is hard to get a handle on first. So if you pick roleplay first as a new character, as, as a new player, um, I feel like that might... I don't, I don't think that would help too much uh, because you might get stuck in a class that you don't like because you picked a character that you were trying to emulate, but you like didn't really know what made that character special or what made that character good, like and tried to translate that into D and D but failed. Um, it's a fair point for and, beginners. Sure, uh, we're going to get into our I'll say veteran philosophy later on, but I think when you're just starting out, 
uh, focus on game mechanics. Learn the actual mechanics of the, like learn the me- mechanics of the game first. Mm-hmm. And then once you have an idea of how the game plays, that's when you can take a look at your character and go, okay, I pictured my character doing cool stuff and I know how to do that now. Okay. <laughs> now that I've got this kind of portion of the game handled, who is my character now? Jeremy's advice. Read the rule book first. Uh, I would at least understand your character stats and the general idea of how they affect your character. Right. It's a dense book, and I don't think any beginner should feel obligated to read it cover to cover. No. No, no, no. Especially not cover to cover. Don't start at the oh, beginning and yeah, read to no. the end. You'll just like freak yourself out as more yeah. and more mechanics get heaped on yeah. you. The easiest thing to do, like you said, is probably just start with ability scores. Yeah. Learn how ability scores and abilities work. That's the simplest part of the character, and it affects everything else you build. Once you understand yep. that, then then I'd say you can probably pick a class and start moving forward. Yeah. The reason for that is like once you understand how ability scores work, then you can kind of understand how certain classes, like which ones are, oops, um, which which ability scores are important for different classes. I mean, Wizards um, does include in the handbook. It says, "Hey, if you want a quick build, here are suggestions," yeah. and those are those are perfect for beginners. I mean, I'm not right. suggesting that you do exactly what they say. But right. they do have the right ability scores outlined for you. Right. They have a couple spells picked out if you've never done it before. Because spell right. the spell list is humongalongalongalongus. Uh, unless you're a fighter. Well, unless you're a fighter. Well, that's actually, that's that should probably be the next thing we tackle. Since you said class is yeah. more important, you know, what yeah. kind of classes do you recommend for a beginner? What, what are your top three? Top three picks. Go. So... You don't need to justify them yet. Just give me your top three picks and we'll compare them to mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I probably have more of a top three worst classes. And from there, like, just do whatever the heck you want. Um, Okay. Don't pick a wizard. Ooh. I'd basically say any of the spellcasters where you have to micromanage everything, um, which is primarily the wizard. Oh, I have to um, disagree. I have to disagree strongly with you there. Wizard's one of my top three. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like... It, so your my, three my advice basically boils worst. down to don't pick the wizard. Um, the, the, reason, the reason why... Uh, 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 not the um, reason why. Just give me your top three worst. Top three worst. <laughs> I mean... <sighs> wizard... Bard and Ranger. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> they've they've tried to make the Ranger good. Oh, I should say, if you want to play a Ranger, go for it. <laughs> well, this is this is your top three worst. You know, it's not like you're saying don't pick these. You're just saying you're in for a rough time if you pick these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and my top three um, are actually fighter, wizard, or rogue. So the reason why 
Um, it, it, and it, it, it's very subjective because it's kind of like, what do you, what, 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 again, going back to what do you see your character doing mm-hmm. and how much of a difficulty curve are you, you willing to swallow mm-hmm. in order to do that? Right. Um, and if you and just want to don't mind, I'll give you my argument for wizard here. Yeah. Um, because all of the other casters have secondary mechanisms or tertiary mechanisms that they require you to learn. For a cleric, you have so many other options. You have your turn undead, you have your uh, channel divinity, you have, you know, yeah. which is, you know, another function. So cleric is really difficult because you have all these. Um, right. I yeah. A warlock is very micromanagey you have all of these eldritch invocations you need to worry about you may have the shortest spell list but you also have so many choices to make eldritch invocations are literally just passives or ability like extra spells you can cast whenever i i don't see an issue with those but um then sorcerer you have your uh you have your meta magic Um, yeah druid you have your wild shape and a couple other things yeah um that can be pretty character managey yeah yeah druid definitely because you have to keep track of all your animal forms that you've learned right which i've tried to play very loose with when i'm a dm just because you know everybody's seen a chipmunk yeah yeah let's see who am i who am i leaving out in the casters uh Uh, bard 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 yeah uh you you already said bard is pretty tough um just because it's, it's a weird mix. It's got like all it's, the jack of it's all a, trade stuff. It's a the, weird class to like find where like what it's a weird class because you're not really sure what you're good at because you're kind of not like amazing at any one thing. It really is a jack of all trades, master of none type class. Yeah, it is. And so that's my argument for wizard is just the only thing you have to worry about is the volume of spells, which as long as you write them down, isn't, terribly much um i have uh, i say this coming from personal experience having dm'd a group where two very new DD players one picked a sorcerer and one picked a wizard and the sorcerer has yet to understand how her meta magic works um she rarely uses it she can remember kind of which spells she's got but she just has a really tough time knowing remembering that she has the meta magic feature whereas the wizard bought the deck of spells right picked out those cards that she has and knows exactly what she can cast you know yeah sorcerer like and we, we can kind of i don't know maybe we do like a class by class breakdown some other time but some of the classes require you to like consistently know like or remember things about the class i mean i mean that's that's also a problem with giving your players magic items because they often forget they have them (laughs) that's another topic (laughs) for another day i would probably like it depend it it honestly just depends on the person um i would probably if people aren't interested in being more micromanagey i would steer them away from the wizard Mm. just because like this is coming from me personally i've played a lot of things and pretty much all of them don't have to prepare spell slots every day or like decide what spells they have prepared every day and Mm -hmm. i just see that as like 
not fun. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though, is every class has to choose what spells are prepped each day. It's just that some of them have longer or shorter lists or have memorized. So bards and warlocks just have their spells memorized. Clerics, yeah. druids, um, sorcerers, and... Well, sorcerers learn theirs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cleric, druid, and wizard get to pick. But the thing is, the wizard only has to pick from whatever's in their spell book. So they have a much smaller menu to choose from, but ultimately it's bigger than the other classes. That's fair. So, yeah, I guess in summary... Uh, work with your DM to figure out what you want to play and like <laughs> what sounds cool to you and ultimately play what you want. Uh, if you're looking for like to give a quick like rundown of the races, if you're looking to just beat the crap out of something, uh, fighter or barbarian, probably the, the class for you. Uh, if you want to, if you want to get up to crazy hijinks and uh, be the face of the party, uh, probably be, being a rogue or a bard is not a terrible idea. Um, just in advance, like bards kind of weird. Um, so that opens up a lot of things, but it also kind of makes it so that it's hard to figure out where you fit in or like, what you should focus on when you're actually playing it. Mm. There's a number of different spell casters that are basically just a bunch of different flavors of casting powerful spells. Mm -hmm. To summarize them the way I do, wizard is if you want to learn a great breadth of spells, like you always want to have different spells casting every day. You want day. a toolbox. Um, cleric is more uh, if you want to be... Uh, kind of a tank mage a yeah. druid a druid actually is also kind of a tank mage in the early levels but eventually just grows into more of a um fun nature stuff so if you're more yeah. into manipulating nature yeah um man i'm always gonna forget the one in the middle here cleric druid um oh bard i always forget bard right at the beginning yeah 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 like jeremy said bard is a jack of all trades it's a little it's interesting you get a little more martial prowess for some it's more of a it, it's kind of got a supporty bit to it if you want to yeah. be kind of uplifting to your buddies yeah um, it's you can yeah we we could get into that yeah some other uh, time. sorcerer <laughs> is more if you just want to blow crap up there are several yeah. different flavors of blow crap up yeah uh, Warlock is if you want your, like, tailored-to-you bespoke caster who does exactly what you want it to do. Yeah. And Wizard, like I said, is breadth of spells, knowing everything. Right. Notice how we didn't say Ranger. Don't pick Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. So... I mean, we talked about classes. Um, yeah, we probably talked that to death. Yeah. Um, so from there, uh, I, I'd say you turn to your race. And this is a lot more subjective. Um, 
some like races have bonuses to stuff so if you want to if you want to like have the statistically best character they're probably they're, like there is a race for you um but, but that's if not it's fun if you want to what but that's not fun if you want to role play yeah yeah it's not it's not fun if you want to role play but but um, maybe for beginners maybe for beginners we'd say hey try and pick something that somewhat aligns with your class yeah i mean i'd i i'd kind of default back to what do you like what do you, what seems cool to you mm-hmm. what's what's the cool factor yeah what interests you that's kind of that's kind of where i was like bring your pop culture reference in here you know yeah if you yeah. want to be if you want to be legolas pick an elf you know yeah if you want to be uh i don't know if you want to be medley from wind waker oh be an Arakaka. oh oh my my mind went midna and i'm like the frick are you talking about she's not a bird <laughs> no, you want to be midna be a tiefling yeah <laughs> When picking a race, it's more pick whatever seems cool to you. Do you want to fly? You pick pick fly the bird race. <laughs> um, a, a number of classes have like pseudo night vision, which is cool. Um, Definitely, I mean something Nate has a problem with. <laughs> like from that. It's it's just kind of uh, like honestly, just pick whatever seems cool to you, mm-hmm. and move on to ability scores, right? Yeah, ability scores. This is fairly cookie cutter, at least as a beginner. Mm-hmm. I would say, like as a beginner, it's pretty good to follow what the book recommends as like your top two stats or whatever. Your ability scores are also how like if so if you want to try your hand at role play and you have this image of your character you already know i want my character to be able to do this that take that and look at the ability scores and see how that applies now if you want your character when you determine ability scores would you recommend that a beginner use standard array point by or 46 drop low uh i mean i that's up to the dm i don't think i can say because i've only done 46 drop low mm-hmm. so I, I can't really give my input there i mean that's that's going to be something set up by the dm anyway so i don't think the character has too much i mean the, the most, player doesn't it's, have it's that. accepted it's widely accepted that you could just use standard array which is 8 10 12 13 14 15 um, which gives you, you know, one stat that's a dump stat where you're not yeah. terribly good at it. And it gives you one really right. good stat with your 15. So, yeah, um, I, I guess talk to your DM. That's that's probably the best advice. I mean, like, we could if, just say if, that about the whole character creation process. Well, y- yes, but like specifically, the DM is typically the one that sets the that mm-hmm. um, I, I think you should talk. I think the DM should be helping you through character creation if you're new, first off, or at least another character or another player should. Um, but uh, if this specifically, you want to talk to the DM because he's the one that tells everyone, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, all the other ones, you can talk to like veteran players and you won't have a problem like 
just coming up with something. Um, but this specifically is in the DM's domain. And before you change anything, it's probably good to talk to him first or him or her. Let's see. We've gotten through class, race, class. ability scores. Yeah. Um, um, equipment. You oh, yeah. probably just want to take the recommended equipment, to be honest. Or again, going falling back on the default of whatever seems cool, as long as your character is prof- like decent at it. Because mm-hmm. characters have proficiencies, like the classes have certain proficiencies, like what things that your character is good at. Pick equipment that your character is good at. That's that's <laughs> probably the best advice. <laughs> yeah, weapons are divided into only two categories to make it really simple. There's simple weapons and there's martial weapons. Yeah. Um, most classes, most, will say that you can pick all weapons from one of those categories with maybe a few exceptions. Yeah. So uh, there is a lot of room for flavor. Um, yeah. And also, just because the player's handbook lists, uh, you know, a club, a club could be it could mean anything. You know, you can style it up as much as you want. I mean, you, right. you don't want to go too crazy with it, but definitely pick. Uh, if you don't see a weapon you like listed on there, talk with your DM. See if yeah. maybe he would classify it as one of those weapons, just with a different name. Right. Yada yada. Yeah. Don't don't be like, oh, I can only pick, you know, a, a great club or a quarter staff. You can you can flavor it up. Right. Uh, next up would be, oh oh, we skipped describe your character. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I, I guess um, that would kind of go after equipment now, wouldn't it? Right. So you've picked your class, you've picked your race, you have your equipment, and now what do you want, like, from from here, you kind of, throughout this process, you've kind of been building that picture of your character in your head. What do you want them to do? What do you want them to look like as a race? What do you want them to wear? And from here, that's just kind of cementing all of those things and also adding a little touch of flavor here and there. Does your character have any scars, any piercings? Is he, I, I mean, this is probably, I was going to say, is he, are they missing a limb? But that's probably a little too uh, mm-hmm. advanced for a new player. <laughs> Wizards definitely um, recommends that you give your character some kind of outstanding trait, maybe with a story behind it. Yeah. Um, just because uh, adventurers are supposed to be a cut above the average person. Right. So you need to have, you do want your character to be different in some way. And yeah. that's not, and that's not saying that they have to be, but they should be. Yeah. Um, kind of another thing with, uh, so I'm for, as describe your character, I'm kind of view that as like, okay, now, now's the time to start thinking about where your character came from and like thinking about the backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the next step is come together, which is, you know, talk with other players, but bef- before all that, I think yeah. this is probably where we talk about communicating with your DM and setting expectations because that that actually is also more of a prelude right as a new player i think if you have any questions or you aren't understanding something um you should definitely uh, try to um i mean ask questions to either the dm or someone else in the group 
because Dungeons and Dragons is a cooperative experience. Uh, all of you are trying to tell a story and play a game together. It's not like someone versus the it's not the DM versus the players. It's not um it's not like each player trying to outdo one another. Um so While it, it's I important agree with everything to you just said. This is also like the Jeremy mantra. <laughs> I think that is one of your most often repeated statements about D&D ever. Yes. <laughs> I am I am pretty big on on that and that might be something different. Like I'm not saying you can't compete against one another. Um that'd definitely be an interesting story, but at the same time, even if you're competing, you're trying to make things interesting for everyone. You like you want the competition to be good. You want the game you're playing to be fun and you want it to be fun for everyone. But re- regardless, the point with that was basically just don't be afraid to ask questions if you don't understand something or you need help or you want to do something and you're not quite sure how to do it in this game. Like, I haven't read the full rule book. <gasps> like, if you want to do something, <laughs> if you want to do something and I'm totally fine with that as a DM, like, I, the DM, here's the beautiful thing. Dungeons and Dragons is whatever you want it to be. And so oh, he said the thing. as long as the dungeon master who is in charge of running the game is fine with what you're doing and actually wants to help you in what you're doing, you can do the cool thing that you had in your head, but there isn't really any rules for. And some of that, some of that can be some of the best moments is just, you know, I really want to do this thing, but it's kind of similar to this other thing. But I want to ask, like, can I do this first? Would it be cool if we could do this? And if the DM says go for it, then awesome. Don't do that too much because it might get annoying. <laughs> but every once in a while, like here and there going, you know, like. There really isn't any rules for slingshotting your party member over a, like a ravine with a tr- like a tree but can we do this <laughs> all that to say the very the very best thing you can do for yourself as a beginner before you even start character creation is to familiarize yourself with the ability scores Yep. And talk with your DM about what kind of what expect what they should expect to be doing in yep. this world. Yeah. Because then from there you can be like, oh, so this is a and, and this is where Jeremy's whole D&D can be anything. Oh, we're playing like a cyberpunk blended type deal where it's kind of dirty, undercity, scummy. I should you right. know pick some character who's good at hacking or whatever you know this is getting a little far right. off the normal track for DM, yeah, yeah but like you know what i'm saying is based on the setting you can be like oh well i want to be this character who's cool in this setting because of this yeah yep you could be like D D can take you anywhere from pirates in space to trying to escape demons in the in D's version of hell <laughs> Well, so. technically, the 
demons don't live in D&D hell. The devils do. Yeah, yeah, that's don't <laughs> confuse the new players. <laughs> uh, all of this to say, do things that you think sound cool. Because that's going to keep your interest in the game. Uh, rather than trying to focus too much on like maybe creating a story for your character because that might not translate into stuff you can actually do. Um, mm-hmm. That's a, another topic for another day because I did that with one of my characters and it, it turned out all right, but that's not how it normally goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, one la- kind of last thing that I want to touch on for uh, this this topic is um, handling new players from a DM perspective. Oh, we're um, flipping it here, huh? Yeah. I want to end with this because I think it's important uh, mm-hmm. because uh, as D&D has gotten popular because it's been more accepted and more uh, displayed in public media, I think it's important for uh, dungeon masters to be able to handle new players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only done this a little bit, so I can only say, uh, like, I, Nick, you probably have more, ex- you have more experience than in this than I do. I mean, but you, if you want to ask questions, I'm happy to answer my, with my experience, but I'm pretty sure that you can guess how it works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, rule number one, don't be a jerk. <laughs> 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 They're new. Um, Give, give them some slack. They're going to be confused. I would try and check up on them just occasionally just to make sure everything's going fine. Everything's good. They don't have any questions just because they might not be as uh, open to like coming to you. Yeah, by that, for... you mean like both in game and outside of, ga- outside of the game. Like, yeah, in the game, take a pause, ask what's yeah, going yeah. on. Make sure they understand what's going comfortable. on. Comfortable. And then outside of the game, feel free to check back on them, you know, in between sessions. Hey, right. what do you think went well last time? Do you have any questions about next time? Um, right. Is this too difficult for you? Right. If you've been DMing for any length of time, you can kind of read the table um, to know uh, if if your players are enjoying things or not. Um, so one of the tricky things is so i i i i kind of spent this initial time building up the whole um new players should focus more on game mechanics than on role play uh so that they can understand that first and then move into role play um so you're in this weird place where you don't want to throw like a huge curveball mechanically like in an encounter for at your players but at the same time if you do have veteran players, you don't want to bore them. So you, you have this like weird balancing issue there. Um, I'd say like one. So the important thing there is to throw in bits and pieces that allow your new characters to kind of stretch, like feel their, stretch their legs. I don't know what the expression I was going for there was. Feel their um, legs. F- yeah, feel their legs. Sure. Um, because, I don't know. Anyway. Well, um, um, I, I guess I could build off of that and say, um, yeah. when, you, when you're when you DMing for new players, uh, they, I, I can tell you from personal experience, I, have, I am DMing a group who is very new to tabletop role playing. They've almost none of yeah. them have any experience with it. Right. And we've been doing this for about a year now uh, yeah. and they're still learning. 
Yeah. Uh, the thing is that early on, uh, I totally agree with you. You do need to throw most of the mechanics at them at a decent clip, because what you're going to find is that there are different things that the players enjoy and the things that they don't. Yeah. And it's best to early on start introducing them to shopping, resource management, travel, combat, right. social encounters. I'm not saying yeah. throw the whole book at them at once, but you right. definitely need to test the waters in every way. Um, I'm lucky yeah. enough that this group of players absolutely loves everything about D&D. Like we could spend <laughs> an entire session shopping and resource managing for the next uh, big journey encounter and they'd be totally happy right um, which is which is really rare um yeah. but i say definitely definitely throw everything at them and see what they enjoy and lean yep. into that as a dm yeah if your players How like you... the combat mechanics start getting some interesting monsters um not not just throw a bunch of monsters at them get some yeah, interesting yeah. monsters and think yeah. about maybe um expanding the combat to uh you, you know just let them let them try interesting things like be open to their weird suggestions in combat so right. on and so forth yeah so uh, i guess the path that i was kind of traveling down was like how do you handle veteran like keep the game interesting enough for veteran players but also handle like not overwhelm new players essentially i mean are you are you trying to get some tips here about this other campaign you're trying to start up i mean no but <laughs> it just so happens that that is also something i'm trying to do <laughs> what's what's been your experience so far How's that worked for you? I mean, from the uh, three sessions you've had, one. We've had one. <laughs> no, we've had two. At two? least two. Yeah, we've had two. Sorry. Okay, we've had two. Um. Oh, big, big, big surprise, guys! I'm part of that campaign. Uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah. It's interesting because I feel like the players of like of this group have actually carried a lot of the weight for me in that regard because they they no no surprise both you and uh one of the other players that are pretty big into the role play side of things um and so uh both of you do a pretty good job interacting with the new player and to get them to kind of think about how their character would respond um so that's a bonus I don't I don't think that's uh, and that's something you might want to encourage your other players to do is to try and keep them involved. Because like role play is when you get more experience with D&D &D, role play is one of the well, I should say it's one of my favorite parts of the game. It might not be everyone's, but it is one of the main features of the game. I'll say I mean, shout forward um, to our veteran players that we're going to be addressing later. Help your new players. Yeah help your new players like um help be, the dm your help the new behavior. players <laughs> um and another uh, yeah um an, another thing that i think like off the top of my head that i i haven't put into practice yet but um is kind of one of the ideas i have on the back burner is use puzzles everyone likes puzzles okay well maybe not everyone likes puzzles but like they don't need a they don't necessarily need an understanding like a full grasp of the game's mechanics in order to solve puzzles mm. 
that's kind of like puzzles can be kind of an equalizer when it comes to party difficulty. That being said, there are some puzzles that require game mechanic knowledge in order to solve, which you can throw in later. But well, yeah, I think I'll bring in a video game metaphor analogy. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a similarity. It's a parallelism. Yeah. I've recently tried introducing my wife to video games. Yeah. And the difficult thing for her, and we've actually discussed this, is that she does not have the instincts for video games that most people develop. You know, right. developers yeah. place things in the game to clue you into here's where I want you to go, or right. here's how I want you to interact with this thing. And you you learn to pick out those things, those clues from the developers. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, this object looks slightly different. That means it's probably right. an interactable or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. And there's the same thing with D&D is beginners don't have the instincts. They don't understand like, oh, the DM's gone quiet. Does that mean I'm supposed to do something? Or, right. you know, oh, uh, he's cueing me into the temperature in the room. That means I should be like looking for a trap or looking for the source of the heat or the cold or something, you know. Right, right. That's the one problem with puzzles is just that they don't have the instinct to realize, oh, there's something I need to solve here. That's true. That is true. That is something you need to consider. Mm -hmm. But but I I guess in context with some veteran players there, as long as you and the veteran players can kind of cooperate and the veterans are like, oh, this room is really warm. That yeah. must mean we should be looking for something hot. You know, hey, everybody look around. Then the player gets to make a perception check. You know, this is this is just kind of an aside. But if you can design a puzzle that the veteran players figure it out but the only one that can actually do something to solve the puzzle is the new players, I think you've created a great puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Because both parties feel like they've like they've contributed something. And that's, so that's actually that's that's just, just an idea. really good game design on your part as a dungeon master. If you can make something that requires different people in the party to contribute different things. Right. Okay. So this was a lot of information. Uh about kind of how how do you handle new things uh how, like as new players how do you handle the game or handle like creating your character um i guess one last thing we can touch on is um as the dm you either you or another veteran player should be helping the new player work through their character creation so that because because they're new they don't they might not necessarily know what classes do what mm -hmm. um or what races act like or a, a handful of other things mm -hmm. um so having a kind of someone that they can turn to as kind of a wealth of knowledge to be so that they can be like okay i want my character to be able to do this and you can kind of translate what they want to do into like a real character mm -hmm. uh, helps them along that pathway to be to, to, to actually create a character that they like. I, I don't want to dig into actual too much of actually playing. This was mostly just a like, how do you deal with character creation from kind of both sides mm -hmm. as a new player? Um, 
Yeah. And to you new players who are listening to this last segment and going, wow, they're talking a lot about DMs. Our, our, our message here, just again, talk with your DM, talk with veteran players, let them guide yeah. you through the creation process. Yeah. We already told you what to pay particular attention to in the other steps, right. but talk with your DM. The last thing that the 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 last thing you want to do is to kind of struggle through everything on your own and then find out five levels later that you didn't actually want to be a ranger. <laughs> Don't pick ranger. Don't pick ranger. Are we going to end on that? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you've learned absolutely nothing from this, this whole talk, don't pick Ranger. Really? Seriously, don't pick Ranger. Just want to thank all of you for listening to our discussion today. If you are interested or want to ask us further questions about the the topic we discussed today, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. On Twitter, we are at TableQuests. On Facebook, we have our own TableQuests page. And on Reddit, we are under r slash TableQuests. Like I said, if you have any questions or any thoughts on what we talked about today, feel free to let us know. See you next time. Right up the bottom. I think the whole, like... Movement? Um. Sorry, it's... <laughs> someone's calling me oh i probably should have mentioned that we should put our phones on do not disturb as well uh sarah's called me twice just a moment okay (laughs) i want to make sure this is actually like can't put off the fiance yeah just uh yeah um just mute your mic step away for a second it's all good it's gonna like mute my mic or something when your fiance calls in the middle of recording to complain about work and you're just like, can we wait? Babe, right please. Now? Babe, babe. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to be. What's her face? Uh, What's her face? Give me a second and the name will come to me. Uh, is it from Lord of the Rings? No. Oh, okay. Can you describe the media? <laughs> Give me a second. Are you saying, are you talking Katniss? No. Okay. Don't pick Ranger. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You want to be, um, hang on. Uh, it, the name is at the back of my head. Medley. If you want to be Medley from Wind Waker, be an Arakakra. Oh. This chair is really noisy, and I'm sorry, Josh. Hopefully the background noise filter can eliminate most of it. Otherwise, I'm really sorry.